to the album crawl we're back after a little bit of a break i feel like possibly a little rusty i don't know let's see how it goes it's the new year we're doing a new album although at this moment we will have this will not be the first posting of a new episode of the year but uh, whatever it doesn't matter me and paul haven't recorded in a couple weeks since our best of and so we've had a little bit of a time for this album uh, but uh, it's a new year, Paul. How are you, how are you feeling? Are you, are you excited for the, the new year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as excited as everyone on social media is, you know, it's uh, we're pretty much going to say that was one of the worst years of all time. So we're just going to go ahead and say that this year is bound to be pretty dang good. <laughs> well, I mean, we're looking at a week. Every week we're going to be doing a new album. We got a whole bunch of new albums. I like the perspective of possibility of 52 new albums that we're going to we're going to devour this year and I'm, I'm not gonna lie I'm pretty excited about that yeah absolutely absolutely and and we're starting off with one of the one of the best uh, one of what yeah I, I actually I want to start off this episode by just giving a fair warning to anybody that's clicked on this me and Jay are both pretty big fans of Peter Bjorn and John so if, if you're clicking on this hoping for some confirmation bias on why you hate Peter Bjorn and John this would be a good time to click out of the episode and if you don't know Peter Bjorn and John, but you're curious, you're PB&J curious, this is a great episode for you. Stick around and uh, hopefully we can give you a warm welcome. Are you giving a warning to someone to hate searching Peter Bjorn and John? <laughs> hey, I'll, I, you know, we don't know. The Google algorithm evolves and eventually it'll pick up voices and then it'll pick up all of this and put it into an S, like it'll become part of the Google search engine. So 10 years from now, we could be the number one thing for Peter Bjorn and John podcasts. So when that happens, I want to I want to give a fair warning to the people who, who are PB and J haters. If and when those five people at some point in time over the next one hundred years or so, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm like of all the bands to hate, this is not really a band to hate. I don't think they're. I wouldn't call them divisive by any means. <laughs> no, no, this is this is a very peaceful album. Well, this is <laughs> Swedish in general. I think they're Swedish, right? Yeah, they're Swedish. So they they look. They're, they 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 figured out how to write pop music. They're writing pop music. If you got a problem with that, I just don't, I don't know what to tell you. Just don't listen to it. But anyway, so that I, okay, so that okay. Thanks for destroying my intro. We're doing Writer's Block by Peter Bjorn and John. <laughs> um, gotcha. Story intro swooped it. Released in uh, August 14, two thousand and six. Uh, it's a pretty pretty commercial and critical acclaim. Uh, but yeah, we. We've been we got into a, a deep deep jazz hole at the start of our <laughs> series of podcasts. Uh, we, <laughs> is, this, like, is this something that you can call a J hole? Is it the same thing? As, it's like it's it's, uh, a lot, it's a lot better than a K hole, but it's not. We were, <laughs> it's like a K hole, but like more musically introspective and you, yeah, much you, more boring. Yeah, you become more conscious instead of less conscious. <laughs> we became out. we became on that that that. Uh, the SpongeBob episode when SpongeBob and Patrick try to become older, so they have to get a taste for freeform jazz. Yeah, <laughs> and they start wearing sideburns. Mm-hmm. That was us for like four weeks there. But hey, 
I decided to change it up and, you know, instead of digging into something we didn't know completely, let's dig into something we both know sort of. <laughs> That's good. So, uh, so yeah, I pick, I picked this album and, uh, let's, let's get your, your first impressions and we'll wrap it back to me. Yeah. This, I mean, this is just a, an uplifting album, but it's also got some deep undertones of some pretty confusing, uh, r- relationship talks and possibly it's about abusive relationships. And, um, there's, it's, it's really a, it's a, it's a nice look at a, I mean, this is going to, it's, it's both of our lives right now. It's a young, young man moving to a city and being in the, being in a, a strange relationship, I think is, is what is this album is about. And I think they nail the big city vibes and, and uh, yeah, vibes are just ge- general energy or output of a city in this album, just, just perfectly. So that, that was my, that was my overall takeaway. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily about one relationship. I, I would, I feel like this runs the gambit on different relationships in general or different types of them or different parts within one, or it's, it's just, it's a relationship B album, but I would, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's about one relationship. I don't think, but I'm not so sure. That was what I, that was, that was what I surmised, but of course it's, it could be either. It's up for interpretation, of course. Yeah. I I don't, I don't, I don't know for certain. So yeah. I mean, these guys, We've both been listening to since oh, basically this came out, right? Hold up, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to add to that last bit. There are three guys in the band, Peter Bjorn and John. They're all all men, and they are all in, and they're all um, they're all on every song as a songwriter. So that yes. being multi relationship is very high, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just occurred to me that that's the case. That was the point I was going to make. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, there are three men members in the band, Peter Bjorn and John. Their names are indeed Peter Bjorn and John. <laughs> They did not make that up just for the PB&J. That's a real thing. Uh, so uh, PB&J, let's, let's get into it. They, they were formed in 99. Um, we got guitarist and vocalist Peter Morin, bassist Bjorn Yitling, and drummer John Eriksson uh, in Stockholm, Sweden. Basically, they, they, they formed very uh, organically. They just kind of knew of each other and knew that they all liked and played music. So they got together and started jamming, and then they, they formed their band. Um, so they just were playing around Stockholm and signed to a couple for their first two albums, signed to some smaller, I believe, Swedish labels and were making, you know, we had a couple weeks for this album. So I, I did delve back. I'd never actually listened to while well, I am a pretty big Peter Bjorn and John fan. I actually never went and listened to their first two albums. So I, I listened to them and, you know, they're very early 60s, 70s rock and roll pop songs. Mm-hmm. Um definitely you know beatles-esque yep. definitely i don't know some other people I can't really pull any names, but like it just sounds like generic what you describe as rock and roll pop music like three to four minutes but then now listening to this which is this is the album where they seem to like in my mind kind of step it up or at least change their sound sonically like a pretty big amount um what i found out is i listened to and if you're interested in this band at all, I would highly recommend they did a Song Exploder episode on Young Folks. Do you know Song Exploder at all? Yeah. Yeah. So they did Young Folks. They kind of took it apart. And but before they took it apart, they kind of talked about themselves, where they're at as a band. And they had put out those two albums and they did not do anything. They were not popular. No one really listened to it. Uh, really definitely did not get any stateside or, or international claim by any means. 
Um, and so they were like, all right, let's try to change it up. We're going to isolate ourselves, not like reinvent ourselves, but try to like make some new stripped down sounds. We're going to do this last thing. And, you know, we're going to, if we don't get a big enough label to sign to this album, then we're just going to call it quits and we're going to move on from this band. So this was really their like swing wow. in the dark, trying to make it. And if it doesn't work, then we're going to fail. Then that's just going to be it. Whereas I think before they were just writing good songs, but this, they were really trying to do something. Wow. Okay. This was, this was a, a, a project. This was like their, their one shot project. And boy, did it work. I mean, not that they're, you know, this was their biggest album. I don't think they really topped this, but no. they've, they've created a very good cult following. And, you know, I, I mean, I've listened to every album since this and I really like them as artists. I think they're, they're really worth listening to. Um, but yeah, so they, they put it out and eventually got picked up by Wichita Recordings, um, which is a London-based label. They're most known for signing Block Party, Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, and My Morning Jacket. Um, they weren't that big. They were still pretty indie, but it was significantly bigger than what they had before. Um, so eventually this got released and young folks got picked up and got placed on like FIFA and I think um, Grey's Anatomy or something like they got it got put on stuff and people started listening to it. Um, it didn't do that well. Uh, best it ever did was 14 on the U.S. indie charts, 155 in the regular charts as far as albums really? go. That was the highest it ever got on the Billboard? Yeah, isn't that surprising? I, I thought it would have been better. And Young Folks, even as a single... First, oh. this, is the, this is the first major surprise of, of any album that we've had where a yeah. mega hit, because this is a mega hit. This has 250 million plays on Spotify. They probably album. had 300 million plays on YouTube on the music video not that long ago, and I'm sure it has a lot more now. Yeah, it, it as a single, it only peaked at 110 on the single start. Wow. Um, but it also kick-started off, uh, so Bjorn the bassist and another, you know, one of the obviously three songwriters, he, he, he produced this album and then because of this became kind of a staple in the indie scene. Um, mm. I don't know, producing for a lot of other indie acts. I, all I have written down here is Licky Lee, but there's other people that you would know, but I didn't get a chance to write them down. But yeah, so that's this, this album. And uh, I grew up knowing few singles off from these guys across a couple albums like in middle school I listened to them a lot but I had listened to this album all the way through but I've never really got into it this way so I was really kind of excited to, to get into it and to like bring us to more of like an indie um sphere I guess because in my mind when I wanted to change it up I wanted to I wanted to do something indie and so when I think of indie I think of these guys because these guys kind of laid the basis for a lot of my music taste now like in terms of like what indie rock and indie pop are which I would say are my music taste traditionally. Yeah definitely and, yeah and this was coming out around the same time as uh, Phoenix and mm -hmm. MGMT. Yeah help me out here there's a lot of yeah there's a lot a lot of things a lot a lot of stuff in this in this alley that we're yeah. getting into definitely is right up here too. You get kind of a mixture of this electronic sound with the indie, but it's not, I mean, I don't want to say electronic sound, but it includes synths and it, for the first time, really mixing with acoustic, things like acoustic guitars and actual percussion. Yeah, but I wouldn't say these guys necessarily fall into that. They do later, but not on this album. Um, this album is pretty straightforward in terms of instrumentation, I would say. It's almost all alive uh, acoustic instruments. Uh, yeah, a lot of it is there's there's some keyboard stuff that comes in some, and, some pad work, some synth stuff, but not a not a not, lot, not a lot. Yeah, um, that's true. I would really, I would kind of akin them a lot to like 
I don't know how accurate this is because I never listened to him that much, but I, I feel like I heard a lot of the Smiths in this album with a repetitious kind of like strumming and, and like drumming sound and that driving guitar. Hmm? Yeah, driving bass lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I loved it. Young Folks was an absolute uh, banger. And um, I don't know. I'm ready. Are, are you ready? You want to get into yeah. it? Uh, so for the first song, I, I, oh, the oh, first... Oh, oh, wait, sorry. Uh, I forgot. I wanted to talk about the album cover because mm. mm-hmm. I think that should be something that we probably can can bring back for every album. Is just a, at least a mention of the album cover because there's always something about. Yeah. It. Uh, well, what what do you think first of all about this album cover and, and what does it mean and how do, how well does it represent the album, etc. Is there anything that you noticed? Yeah, yeah and that reminds me. I do want to yeah touch on the name as well, which I have some information about. But the writer, the album cover itself. I mean, I always remember looking at it. I loved it. I felt like it really. <laughs> when i think of like sweden i definitely think of a gray or definitely a more snowy cementy area so i feel like this but i that actually may just come from this knowing that they were from sweden so you get these like three big modern cement skyscrapers and then it's like perfectly under the writing of peter bjorn and john so you got three people three of them yep different ish looking buildings but mostly the same in this like modern i don't know skyline and i i I like it i think it i think it perfectly suits the album yeah i i do want to mention there's one ridiculous thing about this album what's that and this album cover is that the sign writer's block is obviously supposed to be a sign for a building you know it's on top of the building and supposed to be named the building but it's backwards so of course (laughs) that the the name of the building would be clob (laughs) clob stridu (laughs) <laughs> I never, I never thought about that, but that's I really didn't funny. Think about it until I just saw it right now. Um, <laughs> the, and then the guy is in the bottom right, writing away, yeah. which is, you know, that that's of course very writer's blocky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, that, I, I essentially thought the same thing. I was going to go on a tangent about writer how writer's block it could be like the name of a block, but then I just realized it's backwards. So that's definitely not what they were. I think it was just kind of a, an illustration trick more than anything. Well, actually, so there is a story behind that, is that it was, it's said to be a reference to the Hornstoll neighborhood in Stockholm, where the, I'm reading directly from Wikipedia, by the way, I'm not original, um, where the band is based, which is, a, a high, has a high concentration of creative artists, hence writer's block. So it was. Yes, right. so it was from a neighborhood, which is writer's block, but then if you pair that with the knowledge that they were swinging for the fences on this one like maybe from their them having the writer's block of trying to do something new and like having a difficult time with that so i thought that was kind of an interesting it's a triple entendre and it's three guys making an album it really is a beautiful album peter bjorn and john um yeah so let's get into oh uh speaking of the album cover though if you if you find those the remixed album where it's kind of cool they have the the writer's block because it's supposed to be neon lighting. They have it lit up and it's at nighttime and they have all the lights and all the buildings lit up and the sky's black. It's pretty cool. Very creative. Very creative what, what to do with the, the remix album. Um, anyway, so the first two songs I'm going to play because the first song just called Writer's Block is only about 14 seconds and I'm going to lead that right into Objects in My Affection, the second song. So with that, let's begin.
song what a lot of noise muted i uh it is uh this is quite the opener it is a lot of noise and they're really trying to swing for it on this first song yeah i'm pretty sure they brought in i think they actually play a bunch of white noise um when they bring in all that noise when they bring in all the cymbals and the guitar pretty certain sure they actually have a, a they back it up with a bunch of like just <sighs> yes I, I wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with that um but before we get to that i do want to mention writer's block do you notice what that is what well, what is writer's block the oh, first song it's also, a, it's also a shell what it's a, it's the the music where the music lines No, uh, no. Tell me what you're thinking. No, writer's block. The opening song. The opening opening song. Oh, dude. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you were going back to the album cover. No, 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 no. Um, that's funny though. Oh, it, I, I don't know. I was thinking like a cafe or like downtown, and then yeah, anything. Yeah, but what it actually is is the uh, the melody for young folks. Wow, I did not pick that up. I didn't either, don't worry, but I did learn of it from Song Exploder, so I'm going to give credit to Song Exploder to John Erickson telling me that, but I was like, I can't believe I didn't notice that. I was thinking it sounds like the Chinese... <laughs> now you'll hear that in young folks too which is funny so there's that yeah it's like playing at a cafe or whatever but that's so funny that they that they that they did that it's the but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll touch back on that later um but the objects of my affection it's i feel like lyrically speaking i find it to be a really good uh, a place to start for this album too because it, it, in terms of it this being a very relationship driven album it is uh a new relationship being really wooed by someone being like really taken by someone and, and kind of like at the same time, looking at yourself, trying to figure out who you are, trying to figure out what you're doing. And I, I, I kind of like that in terms of like this, if, if this album were a story is a good, a good, good beginning uh, place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the begin yeah. The beginning place is that they, the, he moved to a city. The person moved to a city. Mm-hmm that they that they essentially didn't really didn't have a reason to but they they kind of 
I don't know, heard about it sometime. And so they went to the city mm-hmm. and it only turns into a, it, it blends itself into a relationship song at the last line. It was just the last line. It's pretty much the last, last part of the verse where it says, and then you showed up and then I, I, so it says, it says, my friend told me just because something starts differently doesn't mean it's worthless. Uh-huh. And then, and then it said, and then he said, and I soaked that in and I soaked it in and then you showed up and I decided to take a try on you. That's, that's the last part of the song. That's funny. I guess, again, I, I really don't ever look at lyrics, but I guess that those lines like hit me hard enough to make me think that like half of the song is about the relationship half the <laughs> about him because then there's like a lot of it's about him. It's like what I, I, the, the question is, am I more alive than I am now? I laugh more often now. I cry more often now. I am more me. This is like interesting. It's like very like the introspective looking at like before, in my opinion, before you're going to get into a relationship, you know, you got to look at yourself more. And I feel like that's kind of like what it does. And it leads into, I guess, a relationship. But I was thinking it was more of like a bounce back and forth, but I guess not. No. And, and that the introspection is really, it's, it's comparing him before going to the city to after. What do you mean? After being in the city and then really yeah. figuring it out? Yeah, yeah. Just like, am I, am I more alive in the city than I was before? Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, I didn't pick up on the city thing at all. That's that makes way more sense. Uh, I was wondering. I thought it just. I thought it was just about getting older. I, I, I think it was just. Sorry, go finish. Sorry, finish what you were saying. I thought that was all you were gonna say. That 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 was all I was gonna say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I think this whole album is about moving to a city. Really. Yeah, I think this whole move. This whole album is about moving to a city and living in a city, and essentially, I I I, I had understood it as one one um one relationship but yeah you i think you're, you're probably right it's probably a summation of multiple different relationships but i think it's it's like a coming to age in a city album which is why huh. it was just the perfect album for us for me and you right now we're both right in the city for both for reasons that are completely abnormal <laughs> from a normal uh, standpoint which you would consider a normal standpoint yeah and uh and you know here we are uh, there's also a really interesting line in this that I that I wanted to bring up. He says, "I don't, I can't tell the difference between what I'm eating and what in myself." Yep. And then says, "Flesh is flesh." Am I basically saying, "Am I eating myself?" Well, if it do, if it gives me life to eat myself, then I'll do it anyway. Okay, that's so funny because I have here. What does this line mean? Can't tell apart what I'm eating from my hand or my wrist because flesh is flesh, flesh is flesh is flesh, which I'm sure was very difficult for him to get down without sounding ridiculous. Yes. Flesh is flesh is flesh is like a tongue twister. Yeah. But okay, I'm sorry. Repeat what 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 do you he's 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 saying that he's basically eating himself and what's the difference anyway? I well, I think that's kind of the point he's getting, but it, it also might be a vegetarian thing. It, it probably sure. not. <laughs> it's not a vegetarian thing. It's probably not, but I think what he's saying is basically like well, he what what literally what it says is, um, I can't tell what I'm the, can't tell how what I'm eating is different from myself, but it brings me life anyway, so I'm going to do it anyway. Is essentially what he's is is the text of what he's saying, mm-hmm. and so you know I think we I think we could take that apart a bunch of different ways, but um, I, I don't know it's 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 kind of a confusing line. <laughs> it is it's it's pretty layered and it's. I don't know. I guess about him. I mean, if we're going to 
contextualize this in him going to a city, then it's him eating himself to keep going. Maybe, maybe it's like in the face of of ad, uh, like of, of difficulty of trying to move forward to the. No, but no, no. Okay, so this the line starts as like he finds days where he's just basically existing or barely. I think he says barely existing. That's is, true. I really like that. So he he's sitting around and he's just eating, and then he can't tell the difference between what he's eating or himself. When I when I listen to that line, I I just I read that only as, oh, he's just existing in this place where he's just like mindlessly doing things and existing and not really knowing what he's doing or what the difference is yeah so he's basically eating himself away yeah yes i think that i think that that that's kind of how i took it away is like his he has days or whatever times in his life when he's just like around doing nothing yes making no progress doing no kind of change and just eating and living and then existing so yeah i think i think you hit the nail on the head i'm agree with you on that one but that's what that's what he's saying i totally i didn't take into consideration that first part Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that was the line that hit me that the the um i find days where i barely exist i was like dang that hit home for me i'm like i like that i like that phrasing i kind of want to use that because i have days where i barely exist oh totally that makes it kind of romantic sounding <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it, it, it's very poetic to barely exist as opposed to sitting on a couch and watching tv all day <laughs> yeah definitely i mean that's it, it, this is this this everyone everyone live everyone should hear this song that moves to a city because you think it's going to be, I think a lot of what the song is asking is you think it's going to be so ex- exciting moving to a city and you think you're going to be doing stuff all the time. But at the end of the day, like, you, you know, you, you do, you do nothing just like you were anywhere. Um, yeah. And, that's and, so f- and he asked the question, am I, am I still happier than, am I more alive than I was before despite this? And, mm-hmm. and then he goes, yes, well, I am. I definitely am. I laugh more often now. I cry more often now. Dang, that's so funny. I love that. I had I would never have guessed the moving to the city thing, but that is amazing. Like that's so perfect and that's so accurate. I felt that all the time moving here, uh, moving to New York, and that is obviously especially because it's in COVID, so I don't do a lot of things a lot of the time. But True. I'm still just like happy that I'm here and I'm still getting a lot from it. So it's interesting. I don't know talking about that at all. All right, so sonically, I kind of want to touch on this song. Yep. Um, this is this is a, a, a very great example of what I mentioned before in terms of the repetition, in terms of this like jangly guitar. Like what I what I imagine that makes me think of paying not paying homage, but definitely being influenced by like the Smiths, where it's just like this like dang and then 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 and then 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 and then 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 and then like it's just like it just keeps going. Like there's no real like ups and downs in the song it's kind of just like a drone and i don't know if droning is the right word but it definitely just kind of like finds its pitch and just keeps hitting it and then hits it harder and then hits it softer and then hits it harder and hits it softer but it doesn't really change uh sonically all that much throughout its duration yeah yeah but yes. at, at the same time <laughs> i think i think that because of that it does work really well as like the beginning uh, of an album where it doesn't need to because later songs will give you that payoff yeah, it, it does, and I have a feeling this will be an, just an ongoing thing with Babo, bringing up Babo O'Reilly is probably one of the greatest intro songs of all time, but in, in a way it does kind of what Babo O'Reilly does too, where Babo O'Reilly has that huge guitar just go down, down, down. Yeah. I think this does something similar for this album. Is just It just hits you big and hard immediately, wide. Yes. And, and, and yeah, like you said, that's like them taking a big shot 
Um, and I think they just, they took every sound in the, in the bucket and tossed it into that mix basically. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, again, they're really swinging for the fences for this one. And I feel like it could have gone a little bigger in my mind. Like, I feel like it does, it does miss for me a little bit in terms of it going big. I feel like it doesn't quite get there. What any idea what they could have added? Maybe maybe more screaming because he screams a little bit more and later in the album I think that could have been cooler a little bit more distortion but that's but that could be especially for this album um, a little bit too experimental uh, later later in their oeuvre they get a, definitely more experimental than in this album but that might have been pushing it for this one but I I don't know I think this this song really would have like kept with me if they, they would push the envelope a little bit more i could totally see some chorus some chorus singing coming in high yeah. there <laughs> um, I, I i did want to mention the snare is like a battle snare it's a marching yeah a marching snare yeah and that that also works really really well in that big noise thing yes you bring up the chorus which is uh that makes me think of a point that i wanted to bring up which is that these guys make it seems like they make it a point to be like it's just the three of us it's peter bjorn and john like we are the three guys we're not i don't think they bring in a lot of different uh people to record you know like i think that they really make it a point to just have it be them making the music so i think it it would it would it would do them a disservice in terms of like what their mission statement is to bring in like a chorus oh choir oh no just a chorus between the two of them Oh, a chorus! You're saying a chorus? Yeah. Well, there's a chorus. A chorus um, is another name for a choir. Secular choir is a chorus, right? Yes, so yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah, chorus. You're is... saying an actual chorus, which they have the chorus. I think the "I am more me" thing is the chorus. No, I'm thinking. No? Or I'm thinking talking about a chorus effect and audio effects is where you make three sounds out of one essentially. You're talking about a third chorus. I thought, no, I'm just talking about a harmony between the two between two of the guys. I see. Okay. Yes. And I'm using the word chorus probably incorrectly. Which they do that later on and let's call it off to fucking. Yeah, throughout the album. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I think they could have done it right there. Yeah. For sure. As far as openers, I think it's great. But I think let's let's go on to the big hit. One of the best. And uh, I, I, no words needed. Let's just, let's get into it.
most famous whistling whistles. Yeah, I think the third the third highest comment on one of the videos of this that I saw was uh, Alexa play the early two thousands or late two thousands hipster song with whistling. <laughs> it's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it 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 can't deny its power. I. No, I think I texted it to you when we first started doing this album for this 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 whatever round you want to call it, and I had never realized how fantastic the intro to this song is, starting with the 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 um with that bass line that just like clean bass line, it's uh it's amazing. It's it's it, the song is just they they build it up and then it just like subtly and so catchily hits you with the chorus and just like that wash with the pad and the bongos and them duetting together it's just uh it's uh, i fucking love this song this yeah, is this... no parts wasted no yes yes streamlined they really nailed it yeah I, well, I think the part that makes this song for me is the is the bringing in the bass line at the same time as the vocals come in is what is what does it or is it the bass line at the same time as the, the whistle comes in? I mean, yes, the bass line and the whistle come in at the same. Hold on, let's uh, now, okay, now we're talking about it. Let's just let's listen to that first 15 seconds. <laughs> Confirmed the bass line and the whistling come in at the same time, and that 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 because because first of all the shaker is the lifeline always the shaker is a lifeline of pretty much whatever song the shaker is in yeah which and, comes up later i think <laughs> and the shaker's high the shaker is this is centered relatively high on the on the overall you know spectrum yeah. of, of sounds but but it, it we hear it as humans we hear it as more of a more of a vocal which is which is funny but we hear it as kind of a mid-range type of deal i don't know for me, it, about the it, it sh- like yeah. the, the shaker that's easy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always hear that as more of a middling sound. So I, I don't know. Yes, I think would I agree. You, when you bring in the bass line and the and the whistle, it, it like fills it out in a way that it's just so satisfying. And it's not an uncommon trick, but um it's not it's pretty rare that you get a whistle like that that catchy. <laughs> it's it it, it 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 gets right in your brain. And they use the same vocal melody for the whole song and it just works. It just works in the way that it, it, it you can't describe it because it's it's something that I, they've never been able to do again. It's not this song. I feel doesn't. I know them pretty well. I know a lot of their songs, and this song doesn't sound like almost any of their other songs. So it was nope. definitely a one-off that they just hit the nail on the head in terms of appealing to everybody. Yeah, and and being able to get that earworm and, and that thing that will just stick in your head forever. So. Yep, it's it, you. You you hope and pray for it as a musician, and sometimes it lands. Yeah, um, I I got I got to think it's the bass the bass line perfectly mirroring the the notes of the the whistle is, yeah. is a pretty nasty combo. Yeah, and then of course the vocals do the same thing again with the bass line. So it's just that exact melody with that exact bass line is perfect. It's I really it seems to be a lot of it. Seems to be a lot of it. And. uh I will say, lyrically, I also have always really liked this song. It's about, um, it's not about young folks at all, even though that's what it's called, but it's it's about, you know, like, 
a guy trying to woo a girl who doesn't really want to, but then them both agreeing that this is better than anything else, at least. <laughs> Which I kind of like the very dispassionate uh, delivery from everybody. In the, the That's kind thing. of funny. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I didn't think about that. But yeah, she's saying this is a bad idea, basically. Yeah. But we're going to do it anyway. But then they're like, okay, well, I don't listen to what young people have to say, nor do I want to hear what old people have to say. Let's just keep talking because this is better than anything else. Which I like, I love that they're all <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> which, which again, of course, makes this the hipster song because mm-hmm. I mean, as long as we're not doing what other people are doing, then we're, we're doing fine. <laughs> it seems to be. Well, at least we're doing what other, not, not younger or older people doing. I don't know if it's other people. I took it as... At least is what our generation is doing. It's definitely, yeah. I, I okay. You're you're you are correct in that. But I I always remember listening to this when I was younger and picking up on them. And this song not being about young folks, about disliking young folks and disliking old folks. And I always really like that. I, I like the individuality of of wanting to distance yourself from everything else. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty much what the definition of being a hipster is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's part of it it's part of it it doesn't matter it's okay it's it's also a love song though i mean it is. she's I saying you love know song i don't know i can i i i can tell there's something going on people seem to disappear people everyone is leaving i'm still with you so no, it's no, actually no, no one will out. surprise me unless you do everybody's leaving i'm still with you it's literally just like it's literally just like i guess i'm still here so I, what do you got that's what that's what it is that's wow. how i that's how i read that <laughs> that's how i read this whole song is such a they're both this the guy be like come on let's do it they're just being like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> i it's 3 a.m i guess we're still Dang, talking well that about. actually that that makes a better sense for the rest of what's in the rest of the album because it really does add up perfectly with what's in the rest of the album the best part about this and i don't know if i'm retroactively attaching this because i don't know any swedish people but i feel like that's really swedish <laughs> the most distanced just cold-blooded like, cold-blooded <laughs> it's some viking love right there you know that is, like that is generally the idea there <laughs> i think like they can be sweet all they want we'll talk about it in paris 2004 but really they're cold dispassionate human beings and they are uh... <laughs> I would like to talk about the live performances of young folks. We got. Have you seen the live performances of young folks? I listened to one during this uh, past time. Why? Is there something wrong with it? It's pretty bad. Okay. So that does. Okay. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I guess I will. The other thing I learned from Song Exploder, this entire song. So they wanted it to be a duet and they wanted this girl from the concretes. Now they made the whole song. She comes in, but she can't sing as low as they need to. So they pitch up the entire song so she can do it with him. So it was like apparently a very big problem that he couldn't whistle this for a very long time. Oh, like he couldn't actually sing that high nor whistle that high. Wow. I believe it because he doesn't whistle live and he also can barely sing it. He can yeah. barely sing it. Yeah. So I think that, that is, I, I, I'm sure it's a big problem for them. It's been a, probably a long running problem. Oh, so okay. So in the next song, it's a baritone, or more, of, and that's probably his more of his natural. Oh wow, wow! So he really forced this one out, but he, I mean, he, he made it. We didn't you force it. Tell. He didn't. I mean, they, they did it. Like they, he didn't sing it. Like he sung it, but then they pitched it up. Oh, so oh, they pitched it. They pitched up his voice too. Yeah, they pitched up everything. The whole, the whole thing. Wow, they did that really well. 
Can you play that? Can you play a, a part real quick? Just up to the middle. Okay. Also, the girl can't sing. I don't know if they brought. I'm not sure if they brought out a different girl for their live performance, but the girl couldn't really sing yes. it either. I'm I'm almost certain they would have because she was part of a band called The Concretes, and I think she is wouldn't go on tour with them by any means. I think it was on a Letterman performance, so maybe maybe she would have made it out for that one. But either way, yeah, the live performance is pretty dismal. I uh, wouldn't recommend it. Although I will That's give really funny. props. They brought on their manager, who I think played the Congos on this song, uh, because they brought him out on stage to play in one of the live performances. But in a separate live performance, one of the guys, I don't know who it is, but I think it's Bjorn, uh, plays the Congo part perfectly. So hard to say. um, Hard to say. Well, all right. I don't don't know where to go from that. You just don't like... I just, just, just put, I, I had to look it up. I'm curious. It. So I actually, I have never seen them live. I was supposed to this year, but it got canceled because of COVID. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever actually watched any of their live videos either. Did I you, bet they like, would be so fun. Yeah. They, they seem to put on, I follow them. I follow them. I have followed them on Instagram for a very long time, but somehow I never really watched the video. But uh, I mean, did you watch other things? Are they, just bad in general or is it just a song no they're definitely not bad in general i watched amsterdam and it was it was pretty good um they, they nailed actually it's not pretty good they nailed amsterdam so I, that's why i was pretty confused about young folks so uh, I, so i hope i've provided an answer for you you have it's actually a really satisfying answer because <laughs> because of how good how good amsterdam was and how bad bad young folks was. that's funny and i watched well, like three or four different versions too because i kept thinking like they had to have nailed this one time, right? But yeah. No. Yeah, it well, doesn't ruin the song, but it, it, it needed to be said. Yes, definitely. Uh, but let's move into Amsterdam, what I would consider. And for you, down. and for you, Peter Bjorn and John haters who click through and still listen through, that one was for you. <laughs> Still I was way, way out of 
I have a hard time turning this one off. It's such a fun song. This was uh this is from my childhood till now. This is the one that has stuck with me probably the most. This is always I think this is always my favorite on, on this album. I can, yeah, you I can see why this is Big like mood. it's a perf they they nailed what they were doing and then yeah. they just they just ran it over again. They knew what they had. Yeah. They did a, a gray a, the the background of this song of this album cover is this gray sky walking around a city kind of which I okay and I was about to say this but uh this song comes off as the come down from young folks like if that was the party this is the hangover kind of thing because like huh. yeah you got the shaker and you have the whistling but much more down tempo and much more sluggish yeah this is probably what young folks was before they brought in the other singer <laughs> yeah <laughs> now that you uh, told me that it totally probably is exactly what it was maybe but i i love it i love the big mood of it it's like a it's just a i don't know it's just it, it makes me feel kind of like settled it makes me feel kind of wanting to sit around all day <laughs> make me want to barely exist as a song <laughs> I, I like that i like songs that do that yeah well, it makes sense that the song is literally about being alone so <laughs> yeah so that's 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 exactly what they were going for yeah this I, is a, I think stark it's a, loneliness i think it's the fat bass line that does it yeah it's just the big dragging bass line and the whistling over the top yeah i it, think so too it really uh really grounds the song and makes it very sturdy yeah what, what i found from re-listening to this album now is just like there is a lot of bass driven songs that i had i don't think i really ever picked up on before but they i think it's just because it's the three of them and like i said before they really want to emphasize that three aspect that they they crank up that bass and they they let bjorn kind of run wild with it and i think that also pens from him being like the primary producer of all of these i think maybe he he kind of <laughs> finagled his way and uh did you check the executive producer on this album uh I think, it, was it, it by warner brothers does it warner brothers because i don't which, know if there's enough bass no the labels could, are wichita oh my god it could, it could be a call-in i don't know if it's worth checking should we call Wexler up? You know, it's funny. Yeah, here at Peter Bjorn, Peter Morin, Bjorn Yidling, John Erickson, and uh, Sandy Wex. No, Jerry Wexler. Sorry. Not- <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. I can never remember. Jerry Wexler, as listeners, executive producer, he was, I believe, dead by now, but from his gra- they went to his gravestone and they said oh we know what to do with this this is yes or base i would love to see a cartoon of of jerry wexler whispering into bjorn's ear while he's laying down in amsterdam <laughs> and bjorn has an idea bowl of the of his head <laughs> what would wexler do <laughs> oh i know oh? the answer is simple <laughs> more bass that's amazing i i um and Bjorn, Bjorn, I believe Bjorn does the shaker as well on a lot of the songs. So Bjorn's are you going to give him? You're going to give Bjorn the the shaker credit on this I, one. It I takes saw, a lot of uh, a lot of skill that shaker. It's the shaker is not an easy instrument. I've been trying to play the shakers. It's a lot harder than you think it is. I will say that about the shaker. It's all about feeling. You got to feel those beads. Yeah, you got to feel the beads, and you got to have a pure consistency. That's Although re-listening sure. to this, I'm not sure if it's a shaker. If it, I, I actually thought it could be one of those things that you grind against, like the beads that are on the outside. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I think those are called like carabas or something like that. Yeah, I think it possibly is one of those. 
Mm. I don't know. It's hard finding any credits on this album. Being a pretty oh, big true. album, I, I had a hard time finding credits on it. I don't know. Is, uh, are you saying that it was it was pretty much those three? Or credits as far as like, oh, credits as far as who played which Who played instrument? what and what instrument, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Actually... Oh, by the way, uh, aren't Whitest Boy Alive, are they Swedish? Hey, yes, so they're also Swedish. That's and the other... they also pumped up the bass. Yeah, so there, I did want to bring this up, especially since you bring it up, is that, again, not sure if I'm retroactively attaching it, but the vibe of this album and with Whitest Boy Alive, I'm like, that sounds Swedish, right? Because it's like this cold, snowy, distant feeling that I get from listening to them. Sure. But I can't tell if that's just me knowing they're Swedish and then being like, oh, it's Swedish because of that, but... I just, when I listen to Peter, Bjorn, and John, and when I listen to Why Spar Live, I feel like I could listen to it walking around in the snow and it would make sense in a way. Like, it, it, it has a coldness to it. Huh. But I don't know if that's just me. I don't know. I picture Sweden as a pretty colorful, happy place in general. I don't think it's, I don't think it's not happy or No, no, no. That's, that's just how, that, I, like, I, I don't even, I, I don't I barely even have the idea of a cold, gray Sweden in my head. Really? I think yeah. of it being a cold place. A very, it's cold uh, as hell. There's although, no doubt about that. again, given the extra time, I did do a little bit of Wikipedia diving on Stockholm. hey Turns out it's not that cold. Really? It's lows north are of like, Denmark. Yeah, and lows are like in Fahrenheit, like it was like 27. No, it was like average winter temperatures are like 27 to 32. That's, that's warmer than Chicago. And then highs are like uh i think like 78 to 82 that's like fine the the biggest thing though is the daylight so like you know they get the crazy oh, that's right crazy short days and crazy long crazy short days in the winter and the crazy long days in the summer heard that yeah so i don't know but i heard the uh the women choose the men in sweden so there's that as well the uh, women over uh, outpopulate men so they, they do they, yeah so they are the the arbiters, the catalysts of relationships in Sweden. So, sorry, short, ugly dudes in Sweden. Sorry, John. It's, it's not working for a while. You better start working on some music. Uh, I'm sure it's working for Peter B, PB and J just yeah. fine. For this whole time, by the way, I thought Bjorn was a girl, and that that Peter Bjorn and that the girl was the singer on Young Folks. You thought Bjorn was a girl? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It's not like I ever like checked up on that, but I thought maybe Bjorn is a girl. But that's because I thought Bjork, and I was oh, like Bjorn. Bjork. Bjork. I think Bjork is from Iceland. Bjork is, is Bjork from Iceland. Icelandish, but yeah. I think Iceland credits a lot of its. Uh, they're from. They're 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 originally uh whatever ran by the danish if i'm not mistaken we're, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get scandinavian a, we have to get an intern to do all this research for us while we're we're on here but in the meantime meantime um let's move on to a feeling that greenland has never felt or maybe is starting to feel now this is start to melt <laughs> nice
This is a little shorty. It's too many seconds. It's a little interlude. I don't know if it's too long for an interlude. It's not an interlude. Yeah, it's like three minutes long, right? Uh, it's two minutes and 15 seconds. It's short. Okay. I knew it was short. I didn't really, I if it was, it was three minutes, I'd really find this annoying, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. You it's, got more repetitive strumming, a lot of white noise. Yeah. Uh, it's basically an early Tame Impala song. Sundown Syndrome. Is that because the the vocal effects? With the, the big strumming and the large, big sound. I, very... I think... Kind of, I guess. What's what's the, what's the song about him being... Uh, Solitude is Bliss is a bit like this as well. Big, big single strumming and then and then wide vocals with like the chorus effect on it. The wide, that... Yeah, the wide vocals for sure. Yeah, I guess was, so. Definitely a big part of it was the vocals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say mostly the vocals. But yeah, the guitar sound and tone. But not, I'm not sure like that. that, that just not straight, the, not like the single same. note strumming yeah okay i could, I could kind of see it i could kind of see it yeah not, like, not the same but definitely in the same bucket yeah this is like funny where it's i think of so tame impala especially those two first albums like they're very psychedelic um and and a big um you know part of psychedelic music is the repetition but i don't find the repetition found in this album to be psychedelic at all no no I'm like, what is the difference like what is the is it does it need to be a a, a, a repetitious pattern as opposed to just repetitious notes because these are just repetitious notes these are just hit them hitting the same notes over and over again until you're just <laughs> yeah yeah you're like, this is a drone this is a drone of a song starting to melt psychedelic music uses a lot of in and out like high pass filters where it's like yeah, and then also uses some flangers, and then also does some panning with a lot but, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, panning for sure. But I don't think I don't think the in and outs are necessarily that symbolic of a thing. No, yeah, I, I'm not even speaking scientifically. I, I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about. I'm just taking a guess at what the difference would be here. Yeah, like if, yeah. if I tried to turn this into a psychedelic song, those would be the first few things I would do. <laughs> then I would start I would start phasing the uh, vocals in and out, like Wah. yeah, phasing, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then changing the phase up, start making some cuts in there, make it a little glitchy. That would make this real weird. <laughs> do you like this song? Uh, I mean, I, I, I do like it for what it is. I, I, yeah, I do. do you like it? You like it as an interlude? Yeah, I, I like, I like this song on this album, and I, I think, like I said, I, I mean, I like Sundown Syndrome, and I think that this follows something pretty similar to that. And I think it's a nice love song too. It's like it's just it they yeah they nail what it is. It's not they they know what the song is and they did it and mm -hmm. put it on here. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's a miss by any means. I don't think it's a miss either. I was just asking. Uh, so I'm, yeah, so you get young folks high up. We got Amsterdam come down and start to melt this leveling out. And mm -hmm. I think it, it is perfect to gear up to to the next song. So I think it does work. I, I think the sequencing except for one song and the sequencing on this album is is honestly amazing i think it's it's, it's perfect i i agree and i was i was thinking the same thing as i was going through it i was like man this is this is a whole storyline yeah there's a whole storyline going through here about it's like he's moving downtown and then it's like this this happenstance young folks is about one night and then amsterdam is about you got the girl leaving to amsterdam and he's left alone 
yeah just thinking about amsterdam basically mm-hmm. and then you've got start to melt which is a love song it's it's it they're all n- nothing's talking about the same thing and yet they're all in the same sphere yes so it's it's like a it's like an illustration of a time and place that they probably may or may not have existed in and, and not only that like, like i said before it's like the, the sonically it, it works so well too like oh sonically not- yeah yeah, I'm saying like the energy that the songs bring, like in terms of listenability and getting through this album, I think it really, it it, it, it keeps you wanting to move forward, I, I think. Like, it, 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 you're like, okay, you listen to this song and you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen after this? Like, this is clearly oh, building up to something. And I think Up Against the Wall is the perfect payoff to that. And then you got the payoff of Paris and Four after that, which is like this nice, sweet come down from that. And then you got Let's Call It Off, It's Back Up. You got these ups and downs and, 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 and different changes uh, musically and i think it, it i don't know i i, I if, love it as an album if, if i were to change i think i would change paris 2004 with start to melt and i think that might be a better because up against the wall is a perfect divider between the two real big big main feelings in this huh although i could see I, that that would that would that I, I i i could see that but i think start to melt going in to up against the wall is a better choice because you got that distortion it. and you got this like all over the place to, then you come back down again then you go back into that during up against the wall and i think that that's a good payoff for what they've kind of built up uh in start to melt that's true and start to melt is also shorter and it like you said works as an interlude so yeah it kind of it, it gears us up for up against the wall because it's not obviously it's a seven minute long song the next one so yeah it's a bit of an undertaking compared to the three previous songs which were pretty much all pop songs exactly and then yeah and uh i think that's Paris, that's... Paris, yeah i yeah i can see it either way i can see it either way i think with that let's um listen to up against the wall that 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 little clip probably does a lot of the song justice but i think i think i kind of want to skip ahead to a little bit yeah right. 
and I guess it's really hard to to pick a good place for that song. This song, this is probably the easiest seven minute listen you've ever you can you can find. Yeah, I, I I've listened to it so many times, and I'm like I'm like okay, maybe it's six minutes, but it's seven. Like I I can't. It's hard to imagine. It's, yeah, that's as long as it is because it just goes right by, and um, it's it's uh it's so re-listenable, and there's so much in it, and they go to a lot of different places without going anywhere at the same time. Yep. Yep, definitely. Yeah. They keep that same guitar riff and the same feel, and they just add atmosphere and yeah. change up the drums, add some percussion in there, and then take it away, bring, bring it, back. it back. Yeah, yeah. add in a little solo in there. Yeah. Um, oh, that's also one thing that's really kind of missing on this whole album. There's not a lot of solos. No, that's because these are pop songs. These guys True. are pop. Uh, pop songs have solos. Hell, I mean, Michael Jackson songs have have solos. I guess so, but they're not. Yeah. That's coming with their their whole vibe is not solo. They're not like musicians, musicians by any means. Like they're songwriters. They're I I can't help again, but putting the Swedish title on them, they really are the IKEA of music. Like you get bare bones, you get this is what they do. They put some things together and you got a song. And that's yeah, no no big ego. No frills, no big ego. It's 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 um it's efficient and you get <laughs> you get that when you're watching efficient. you get that when you're watching them live too it's not like you, you, you're like a guy's dancing around going crazy or like you wouldn't expect dancing around going crazy but they're all dressed like basically in all black basically really really baseline minimal clothing yeah. they're not there's no staged craziness yeah I, I bet they would do that if if especially when you get to some of their their bigger songs like second chance later on another album more loud songs but yeah for this album certainly um not the case no, no. stripped this this, this this album is incredibly stripped and that's what i would say about this song is this is them stripping down a huge song or using their stripped down approach to see how much they could do with it you know they, they're like how much can we do with absolutely nothing and what they did was a seven minute fun jam and that's a good that's a good point i like that know, yeah like because they they're like we got a couple parts let's see how many times we can reconfigure it and to make it sound interesting for as long as we can and i think they did a great job definitely and uh well the lyrics of this song introduce for the first time in this album really uh, just a straight up toxic relationship yes and and the song is an illustration of a toxic relationship from both sides and, and kind of why toxic relationships exist uh, or actually, probably an abusive relationship would be a better way to put it, because the girl's actually hitting him. Yeah. Poor, poor Peter or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but it's it's it, not only is it is it feels like she's suffocating him and he's kind of complaining about it in the beginning, but then at the end, he's like, actually, I beg, I pretty much, I beg you for this. You know, this is actually what I like. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's it's a nice illustration of of that of the full cycle of it. It's it's almost like a short story, really. Yeah, and I think the sonically it, it melts that too, because like you got these like nice little calm moments paired with like these crazy freak out distortion heavy uh, guitar. I don't, I don't even know what you call it. Like they're just they're just going insane for like a little bit, and then it goes back to being calm or whatever. So it's I think they really try to like pair that together. Yeah, this you could totally make a short illustration or a little story out of this song. It would be it would be quite good. Yeah, this was not like a single at all. Of course, it is not a single. It is seven minutes long, but like I don't know, this was for me a, a big, a big highlight from this album. I, I would say I never listened to this song once until like last year, and then I added it on my playlist. 
Uh-huh. So I'd been listening to it for like the last year or two. Really? And other than that, I had never heard it before. Yeah, this was uh, for me. It was like Young Folks, Amsterdam, and this song is my takeaways from this album. Huh. I, from listening to it previously. And this one was always huh. like the, the sleeper hit. But it's not a hit. It's just like the sleeper good song. <laughs> the sleeper B-side gold. You know, that's 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 what kind of what I always saw the song has. And that's what I think it is. And it's something that I think will stick with me is just that 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 bass or guitar line that runs through the whole thing. I I'll never get that out of my head. That's a nice, very, very nice soothing riff. Yeah, kind of like the simple perfection. I think it's very, so much fun. very likable. Kind of like the funeral uh, by Band of Horses. Kind of yes. Similar, similar yeah. effect where it's like such a good riff that you can just do it over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Except way less melodramatic. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The lyrics are the melodrama in this song, not the uh, <laughs> not the instrumentation. Yeah, and that, would... and that goes for this whole album too. There's yeah. some very happy music behind some very very cold, hard lyrics. Yeah, which yeah, you wouldn't pick up on unless you read it. Which I don't really, for the most part, I I only really pick up when I hear. But well, don't worry, we will get into it. We'll get into it. Well, let, let, let's let's do next. It's the uh, the um, the one of the. Sorry, the most sentimental of all the songs. Definitely. The most sweet sentimental songs. This is uh, Paris 2004. Does the um, harpsichord make you think of like Paris or Versailles or anything French? Um, Italian more probably than French, but, but really, either way, okay. European. I, I wrote that that is probably probably something that they they. I mean, the accordion I would think of is more of a French thing, but I don't. To be fair, I don't know. <laughs> when I when I hear the harpsichord, I do think of like a baroque, like. Uh, a palace you know where, where they're playing it for like kings mm-hmm. or whatever i think of like little baby mozart playing uh the harpsichord <laughs> for the king yeah 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 definitely definitely so uh i don't know I, i'm that sure English. That, that has to be what they were going for for this right definitely for, for that yeah yeah european romantic paris cafe the, outside yeah yeah 
That's interesting. You said the accordion. Actually, I think the accordion would have gone in nicely here. It probably would have. Yeah, for sure. They probably actually. didn't know how to play the accordion, so they didn't do it. They, they yep. were like, we don't want to bring in an accordion. It's just yep. us three, right? It's just Peter yep. Bjorn and John. Do we learn the accordion for this one song? No. no. It's a nice song, though. It's cute. It is. It's a really easy listen, and uh, it's fun. It's a good song. It's about all I have to say about it. I had, I had three notes on it. I was like, this is a nice song. Nice little love song. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Damn. It's, it's good Good for like a nice like 500 days of summer type of movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like a montage scene. Yeah. It's cute little moments. I, you know, as Adele said, you know, who wants to be right as rain? It's boring. This is boring. <laughs> but also, it's really nice, though. <laughs> you don't get the drama. You just get the nice, cute shit. This is yeah. the montage where everything's fine before everything's terrible again. That's right. Let's get everything terrible again. <laughs> you know, let's call it off. just had a couple of sparks of inspiration i want to mention one of them is i didn't hear before the little um just the knock on the guitar strings it just it almost just does like the input sound it's like just a high i don't know how to describe this um but it just in the middle of the in the middle of the song on the end of a couple of the bars it just has the guitar just basically like like just tapping the string not making any sound really just there for effect and the second one is this would have been a really good Tears for Fear song. Ah. <laughs> they love their this, They would have done it so good. They, they would have done it so good. Would have done it so, no, but they would have done it so good, but it would have been so like cut, risk cutting at the same time. You know oh, what I totally, mean? Like, totally. It would have been music. It would have been totally more, different. Yeah, it would have been way more fun. And that's why I love this song is how fun it is. Got the hand claps. It is potentially the funnest breakup song of all time. Yeah, right. Hard but breakup song. But it, it is a breakup <laughs> song, but it's not. It is. It's it's a breaking up of a one night stand relationship. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, that's why. True. That's why I think this this song works so well is because of the not seriousness of it all. It's like they're just like, look. Ugh. This was. It could have worked. 
look, <laughs> you're great. We've had fun. There were odds of it working. I've seen it work before, but this know, isn't, isn't it. We know this is not. But she came back for more. <laughs> a common story. And the, I mean, really fun. That they, they, like, I don't think I've ever heard a song about that exact phenomenon before, but it does happen all the time. Yeah. It happens yeah. all the time and no one makes songs about it. Yes, that's why I like I like the very the hyper specificity specificity of the song, where they, they nail this just like tiny this this thing that happens, but yeah, no one sings about it. And also, I want to ask: Is that a marimba? What is that? What are they playing? Oh, that's what steel that drums. Sound? Oh, that is a steel drum, isn't it? Yeah, it's a steel drum that for makes sure. More sense. I, I had to I had to dig through that too. I was like Jamaica sound. Mm, I never. Yeah, okay, it is Jamaica sound. Yeah, it's so good. Like yeah. who, who thought of that? You know, I feel like I, they had this song and I, they're like, "We're." Just... I'm so jealous of them for for getting their hands on one. I, I should get one too, a steel drum, because they're big. Steel drums are not like <laughs> simple I'm, thing. Let's put that in your apartment. You're like, it's worth it though. <laughs> My neighbors are like, "What the fuck is that guy doing?" <laughs> I doubt we better not call Dan up. He'd, he'd be flying out here in like five minutes to play the steel for drum. Red, um. We have a friend named Dan who's a big reggae fan. Shout out Dan. Uh, we'll eventually have him on here to bring up a, a hopefully bring a reggae song. I, I he texted me this week because uh, last year uh, we were we were talking. I, I used to complain about how much I hated January as the slowest month of the year. And this week he texted me. He's like, "Happy fastest month of the year." Like nice. <laughs> Blurt laughed I laughed. That's, that's he's hilarious. probably having a grand old time. Yeah, I'm sure he's doing fine in January. But anyway. Um, this song, so it's funny. I actually did, never really took anything from this song until you like told me how much you loved it, and then I started listening to it more. And this is uh, a fantastic song, and I can't believe I just completely missed out on it. For it's so it's long. all that guitar, the down, down, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when the chorus comes in and the guitar like hits the little funk. Yeah, like if if they went this one the thing with is if Tear for Fears did it and they made it a big sound, like big sound around that guitar. Yeah. would have been would have the potential for this song is way bigger than it was but th- not i'm not saying that they should have done that i'm just saying yeah. that i'm saying they could have and it would have sounded great if it was big as well i do really think, like it as is yeah i was gonna say do you think it would have been a bigger song or do you think it would have been a better song i think it would have been a, i mean of course it would have been a bigger song if you make the sound bigger but i i think that they're, they're saying bigger in terms of popularity oh oh bigger ter- yes definitely in terms of, of popularity for sure if, I think I mean if you could successfully make this exact sound bigger, like with with more instruments and and a and a, and a, a harder slapping drum, mm-hmm. and and a and a better bass line, that the really you could have a a, a knocker here. Mm. Uh, the verses also suck. The verses suck in this song. They 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 tell a good story, but they just something about it doesn't quite. The chorus is so sick, but yeah. the verses verses don't live up to it it's kind of yeah it's kind of like it is the parts that exist between the chorus uh i won't disagree with you there although i will say the silver lining uh this is for me is their uh their, their accents when they sing and i meant to bring this up on amsterdam but uh uh-huh. <laughs> <do> more more <laughs> to, more to leave on explore <laughs> it's like the most is when it really comes out is when you got that or sound and i personally really love knock it. on your door knock on your door <laughs> i love it i think it's worth listening i the verses are worth listening to just for that 
purpose. Just listening to his Swedish accent. That is true. Fantastic. That is definitely true. Um, the, the claps in the song also work really nicely. Yeah, I, I, I want to comment on that. I remember our brother, our oldest brother, Matt, he used to hate, um, this was like in the 2010s, uh, how indie, every single indie song had claps on it. And I was like, wait, is this like the birth of the indie hand clap? Because I think it might be. Because this, this is, is before Florence and the Machine. This is pre-Florence and the Machine, pre-Little Talks by Monsters and Men. So I'm like... Does young folks have claps? Young folks is so. not have claps. No, it's this song that has claps. This song was a, kind of a hit, right? I would like to see how many. I mean, nothing was a hit off this album. Apparently, I didn't realize. Young how. folks was the biggest hit. This was the second single um, in October uh, 2006, but it was not. It didn't chart or anything. I can't believe the young folks didn't chart in the top 100. That is just it, an absolute really mind is, mind blowing. Really but it is. never, it never did. Nope. It's, it's that's crazy to me that it's just it's it's been a long 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 slow heater <laughs> that's nuts yeah it's nuts in the in the u.s alternative it peaked at 22 in the u.s dance it peaked at 19 uh did it get to the closest it got anywhere which i guess this kind of makes sense is in finland it got to number nine for some okay. reason their their chart here doesn't have uh sweden listed only finland which is hilarious because i'm sure they got to number one in in, in sweden yeah 13 in the uk um but yeah no i don't know well 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 keep that subject around put that on the back burner when did the claps when were the claps born i don't think they're dead uh as long as the lumineers are still making music there's there will still be clapping going on probably not right but i think this is like that sons probably although the thing i like about this claps is that they have the it's like the sample clap it's much more of like this like precise clapping it's not this like fun like a uh, big crowd of people claps it's more of like it's used as a snare and and i, yeah, I did have a note yeah. that in in amsterdam they switched off between a, a a snare and a clap with the snare so that that added some groove in amsterdam which i think was sorely needed mm -hmm. um and so that's another another use of the clap that they brought yeah. in. Yeah, and uh, they're they were on to something there. I, again, this is like I said before with my taste, and I think I, I'm sure a lot of people would feel the same way. Is that these guys really did lay down the groundwork for what indie pop and rock was going to be for the next ten years? And like I, I think I think they do go largely uncredited for that, and I think they don't get enough for for what they did with this album because I think a lot of stuff you can see being built from this. Yeah, when, when did that Phoenix album come out? Uh, was it 1908? Uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. That's a couple of years after this. I think that's 2008, 2009. Okay. Wow. Maybe 2009, because I definitely listened to that freshman year of uh, high school. Can, can we do another brainstorm on this? What are some other bands that are kind of that were in the same in the same field? Let's see. Uh, I could probably give you some stuff. Uh, Definitely Phoenix, born ruffians, sure, but they're small. sure, but they're but they're later of Montreal generationals, generationals for sure. Broken Bells, the Smiths probably, but they're more the, of a contemporary. Spoon a hundred percent, but Spoon is more contemporary as well because they were making albums in two thousand two thousand two. Yeah, that's true. Um, what else we got here? Rob Riot, the Shins, kind of. Mike Snow for sure because they're Swedish. Mike Snow definitely <laughs> is. Mike Snow is Swedish. Man, yeah, I thought Mike Snow is Swedish. Isn't I don't it? know. I have no idea. I saw oh. him live and I wouldn't. It wasn't the best best live show I've ever seen. Yeah, Sweden. 
Based oh, in Stockholm, Stockholm, Sweden. Well, the, yeah, they, there's a reason that those two sound really close. Debuted in 09, so they're post this. So well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, it wouldn't be, and I, yeah, I wouldn't say that like a lot of artists would like go back and be like, oh, like I'm like, hugely influenced by Peter Bjorn and John. But yeah. my, my more thing is like in terms of like radio, in terms of like getting people to listen to, to like, they set the stage for different music to be played like they went in a different direction than what was being played before this that's definitely true i mean there's the young folks is a song on its own yeah uh but yeah let's let's move right along we got only a couple left yep. uh so let's go into the this i'd say the oh yeah the, this in paris 2004 the only true b-side songs on this album is absolutely yeah the, uh well, poor cow find the um the sh- 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 annoying I, in the song I, I just don't know what that is i don't think it's i don't think it's a vo- voice that's definitely a vocal recording you don't think so I, I, it's, I don't know it's really clean if it's a vocal recording it's really well done i totally see it as them going sh- 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 if if it is then it's, sh- it's sh- if it is it's really it's sampled and it's pretty well done i, I don't know hard to say either way do you find it annoying I feel like it bogs the song down. Um, I think it's. I think it is. I mean, I don't know. It didn't bother me. I kind of liked it. I like it, but I f- I feel like they could have just like used it half the time, or, or I don't know how they would do that. But like a little quieter, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little quieter. It just like it's there a little too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of like it, but yeah, it is there a little bit too much it's 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 a good song it's just kind of it's maybe it's a little maybe it's just a little boring i'm trying i was trying to while we were just listening to i was trying to figure out why is this we both agree that it's a b-side i'd have a tough time in explaining why it's just yeah i think it's just a little boring it's just there's just not a lot there it just kind of like it's it's another one of the Uh, you know what it is there's no melody yeah it's just like 
the bass yeah. line is sick with the, the bass nice production cool. on it with the nice distortion going on yeah. there there's a lot of things that would add up to a good song but it's a yeah. just a b-side song like it's just not there's nothing there really to like get into because it's just and another, another it sounds nice like, i don't have any problem listening to it none of these songs besides paris 2004 are happy yeah at all no. and this and this this one is especially bad yeah, i mean this, this is this is, is a song bad. about someone is so scared yeah inside that they're freaking you out <laughs> yeah it's like, what is your problem like just... damn that's yeah that's this i mean they're going through some shit so the the girls are hanging out with their are not a chill bunch yeah um, definitely not or i guess they are a chill bunch in the context of this song but i'm sh- <laughs> um yeah yep that was that was yeah, it's like just like about a dude, yeah they're getting freaked out by it. And, and you get that vibe from the song this is this is a definitely cold feeling song they're oh, like yeah the paranoia filled yeah paranoia is a good word for it song and you're just like i don't know what's going on what could be around any corner i'm not really sure yeah exactly and that, what, you know it did this is this is gray sky sweden this is great no actually no 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 i don't think so this isn't gray sky sweden no i'm still trying to get a trying to get a grasp on the gray sky sweden over here i know that's why i'm gonna throw you through a loop here it's not that at all <laughs> oh you think it was that i can't believe you didn't uh, 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 make the Idiot. assumption that's what that is this is the <laughs> farthest thing <laughs> You peek from that from that scream. <laughs> um, no, I guess maybe it could be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I love. I want to give like a like a gold star to like the best B side song from albums. You know what I mean? Like, is this the best B side? Or no? I guess Paris doesn't four beats this. I mean, let's call it off as a B side, right? Well, it, so, it's a so single let's, though. But... Let, yeah, yeah. Let's call it off as technically a B side, but it is a single. So I would. Find it as a when I'm thinking of a B side song, it doesn't matter where it is in the album, it's a it's a mediocre song that you yeah. remember. Well, <laughs> in that case, I think it has to be up against the wall. Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess up against the wall is definitely the best B side song on this. It's it's really is technically oh, right for me. Middle. I think of it not as that, but it really I don't know. It's number it's number six on us until 11, so it's the intermediate song to the A and B side. I bet they would flip it on the end of the A side. Yeah, that's and that's why I think I think it's the lesser of in terms of position. I mean, it really is the lesser of the A side, but it's not quite a B side song. I think we, on the B side songs we got Paris Season Four, The Chills, Roll the Credits, Poor Cow, and yeah, and I think Paris Season Four is the best, followed by this, followed by Roll the Credits, followed by Poor Cow. They really yeah, just go. Cow. They yeah. go down from. <laughs> They knew in descending they order from the I, I'd probably agree with that. I I do like the chills. I would never listen to it. No, I would never put it anywhere. All the credits is great. What's the thing was like it's, it's really a... long. It's seven minutes long and it doesn't <laughs> need to be at all. No. But hey, let's not talk about that. Let's listen to it. All seven minutes. I'm gonna sing along the entire time. Ooh. Ooh. 
cool acoustic work and it's a really good build too by the end of it they really like i don't know make it i don't know if it's necessarily a payoff but it's especially in terms of mirroring this with objects of my affection in terms of that like that marching drum and them kind of like building things like it's literally yeah. like the perfect mirror image of that song yeah in yeah, terms absolutely. of that's a great opener and this is a great closer <laughs> this, should, <clears throat> this should be the closer it's called roll the credits it is a closer song but the somebody said at some point this Who needs the... to be 11 songs i guess please please <laughs> talk okay is, 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 are these the thoughts you had about this of course how could you it know not how be? angry i am about this <laughs> this is ridiculous this is this is... It overshadows me wanting to talk about the song because of how angry I am that there's a song after this song. <laughs> the song is called Roll the Credits. It's literally called Roll the Credits. It's in, a, in terms of, okay, maybe not the best, happiest relationships, whatever, during this album, but this is an album about relationships. This song is about, let's throw it all away. Let's run away. Let's be forever together. And that's it. Like this happy little romantic ending, which I think maybe, you know, symbolically is not the best ending to the things that we heard but it's not but it's also not it's not it's not a happy runaway song completely this they're saying we should they're saying we should do this i disagree with that because they're saying we should we should wrap it up and let's get it going but they're not saying it really happily Uh, you don't think so no i don't i don't think so Um, let's put the cards back in the sleeve let's let's it's between me and her now let's run away for good What's the problem? That's true. Um, yeah. Maybe tell me who is she. I need to know her name and number. Tell me who does she hang out with when you're not together. No, this is Paula Deanda. Well, yeah, I was gonna say that. I don't know that one. <laughs> I was like, whoa! <laughs> Can you hear people? Yeah. Yep. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Tell them we're filming a podcast. We're filming. Hey, hey, we're recording a podcast in here. Yeah, they're my upstairs and neighbors. Kind of and a, and a nice and a nice turn of fate. They're also recording a podcast. Yeah, they're... it's another <laughs> it's another twenty five to thirty year old males up there recording a podcast. <laughs> she's stepping on my shoes, and I couldn't want it more. That way, I always know she's close. She's like a big orchestra playing my tiny tune. Yeah, let's pull he... the curtains down and leave. What's the problem? So it it, it seems to me that his he's kind of expressing that he feels like a tiny. He's he's just like lost and inseparable with this person who feels like a giant and and he feels tiny mm. and that there and that he he's lost all of his cards. Yeah, and no, no, no. Let's put the cards back in the sleeve. It's it's yeah. I think it, it could be it could be sort of a I don't want to deal with the outside forces, so that's why I want to leave and have it just be me and you because that will make me feel less small if it's just me and you. Yeah, but yeah, I, I guess I was also seeing that potentially this is something that's not even good for him, but he's a, kind of addicted to it. And so he's saying, let's just call it, let's just call it, even though it's probably not the best decision for him. He's, he wants to do it anyway. That's that, that was the take that I was getting away from sure. that line. 
and that's the easy way out regardless i honestly i think regardless it is the perfect close to this album actually even more now yeah i agree i agree it's i absolutely agree it's the perfect end to this album i I hadn't even gone through the judgment cycle on this song but and measuring it up against the rest of the songs but you're absolutely right like yeah it is the perfect melancholy happy ending to this to this to this song to this album and, and, and again, it, it's yeah. got this like mirroring of objects in my affection. It, it circles everything up. I feel I finish this song and I feel complete. But then, then they do this to us, and I just don't understand. the means and so it seems for now i can't participate but i've waited long now the dollar's strong again i still can't still broke participate when we don't consume it seems we are immune to all of the thoughts they sell you know as well as i that's a lie why who cares it's not part of the album it doesn't make any sense. Take it off the album. Cut it's it such off. a perfect album. Go to a record store and say, trim this last one off. Honestly, just cut out that, yeah, that inner part, that last song. Just trim it off. Get it out of here. Fuck this song. It's this is not... the worst song I've ever heard. No, it's, yeah, that's the big, it's a fine song. <laughs> but like, it why is it on, on the album? We Maybe need to call up PB&J. It makes we me need, so angry. We need full beats. They they roll the credits is the name of the song before this. And it was the perfect end to the, every other here's like, the, mini topic tree going on in the album. Here, here's the worst part. There is a song on the deluxe version of this. Yeah. Um, Called Ancient Curse. I really that like plays, that. What? The Ancient Curse remix. I didn't hear the remix. But oh, heard, maybe it's... Yeah, I think I heard the remix. I heard the actual song. And let's listen to a little bit of it. And then I just want to talk about it for just like half Oh, time. yeah. I really like this song. Yeah.
feel like okay hear me out all yours this, if this album is a story and you got roll the credits but then maybe you get this song as like the epilogue it would make sense you got this song which is literally just about a fucked up relationship that just like is just all bad so like oh they run away together and they already knew it was bad and then this song happens and they're like yeah it really is bad we should not have done this that's kind of a fitting end and it would make more sense at least instead of pork out you know what i mean let's call up wexler let's have him put it in Call it Bjorn and Wexler. Have him, have him slap it in there because I agree. The, not only do I like this song, and it's a better song, it's a better song. but it makes more sense yes. sonically and lyrically mm-hmm. yes. than Poor Cow, which doesn't belong on the album and doesn't no. belong on any album no. and might belong on the B-side of one of the Who albums. It could it, it would be on like yeah the beginner beyond John B-sides and rare finds album. That's about it. You know, yeah. like I don't understand why... I don't either. I'm, I'm a little outraged as well. And um, yeah. But I yeah. do want to leave this as saying like, I love this album. I think this is a great album. Absolutely worth listening to and worth revisiting. This is the most cohesive album that we've listened to since the Smash Mouth album, probably. I think as far as just like every song actually has a place in the album, more or less. Yeah. yeah. And, and it makes sense. Yeah, I, I yeah again the 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 placement of the songs is like perfect. The the it, it makes like I said before, it makes you want to keep listening. It makes you want to keep going because it, it gives you enough while not while taking it back or while upping it up, but downing it down. You know, it really yep. like brings you on a little bit of a journey. And and like and you you read more lyrics than I do, and like clearly there's more of a story there than even I had gotten out of it from listening to it a bunch of times, but. I feel like I felt it a little bit. It, 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 it's it's there. It's it's so there, and it's such like a, it's such a listenable album. Yep, it's a, it's a timeless winner. It really is. Yep, I really Definitely. really really be listening like to this album probably my whole life. This is a, this is a good, very very good, well done album. Yeah, like I will have absolutely no problem ever putting this on, even though it ends with poor cow. Yeah, just cut it off after that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's that that's writer's block by Peter Bjorn and John. We're we're, we're again away from the jazz, the J hole, as Paul described it. The jazz. <laughs> I don't I don't know what Paul's gonna pick, but I, I was I was looking to steer away, and I'm really happy we got to listen to this for the last couple couple weeks. So um. All right. So for the next album, we're gonna dive all the way back to 1840s, and we are going to dive into the jazziest jazz hole. <laughs> you really scared me. You this really. A piano-only album, 16-minute songs. There's 15 of them. <laughs> you scared the shit out of me. I was like, you can, you are not. <laughs> no, so, songs, songs didn't even start getting recorded until the 1860s. So. I know, I know. <laughs> it was, yeah, I thought you were doing classical or something. I was like, yeah, no, the- that's not the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I thought I had it for sure. um okay so the next album we're going to which is going to be this coming thursday uh is going to be summer's gone by odessa 2012 do we want to play a little bit yeah we can we can take a little dip into the water um it is their debut album 2012 all instrumental odessa obviously only does all instrumentals with samples vocal samples 
So it seems I I went to the root of my music taste, and it seems you're going a little bit to the root of your music taste. That was the idea. That's that was indeed the idea. Absolutely love that. This is I've never listened to this. I only know literally the only Odessa I know is from a moment of part, which is obviously their later stuff. So I'm actually very, very excited for this. Yeah, so this this album is not my favorite Odessa album, but it is the original album that got me onto them and then and then you know um in return is probably a top 10 album of all time for me but this this one definitely has i don't even know all the songs on this on this album i've listened through it a couple times but um, i'm excited to go through and and rediscover a lot of these yeah much like much like this album was for me so uh great well i'm very excited this will be good so uh stay with us and um we'll listen to a little odessa next week we will catch you next week